You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you were challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. Hello there, India. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing so far today? All right. I could use a little more caffeine in my life, but such as the caffeine detox. There's that. There's that. I don't know what I want. Part of me is trying to figure out what is it that is going to nourish me. That word always feels so good, but it sounds so strange when I say it. So <laughs> I will figure it out. Um, I wanted to have a conversation with you about... Something I think is a larger concept, but I think that we can break it down. I think we actually do a pretty good job of trying to chunk things down to actually be actionable and not feel so large and overwhelming. And so I wanted to talk about some, you know, options and kind of some of the thought processes around diversifying your network and doing that authentically. It is a word that is overused, but the word authentic here is, I know it's valid, but yeah, it's used (laughs) too much, but it's valid. It's accurate. So I want to start by talking about the concept of diversifying your network authentically. Can Can we talk for a second about what that means so that as you know we're laying this out that is really clear like I don't I don't even know what that means let alone what you're laying out so can you kind of give me your thoughts to start with on what diversifying your network authentically and those words together or separately like we can break it down tell me a little bit about what that means for you (laughs) 
Those are definitely not my words. I will say that those words I have seen come up time and time again with clients of ours to say, I need to diversify my network and I want to do it authentically or I want to be authentic about it, you know, Um, and it's usually coming from a, a place of realizing that they're ready for a change or they're wanting a change. I don't necessarily mean they're ready for it. Um, but they realize that something needs to shift and right. that their network is not reflecting who they are or what matters to them or, you know, what's important. And they also don't want to be that person randomly being like, hey, brown person, come be my friend. Child. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, and those are like legit concerns. So I find that uh, normally when I hear that phrase of diversifying the network in an authentic way or authentically, it's typically coming from, I want to make a shift and I don't want to do this in a way that is tokenizing people. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go back to the first thing you acknowledged in that this is not necessarily our wording or our phrasing, but it is the phrasing that within pause on the play or even within Erica Corday, I hear this sentiment being echoed in so many different ways, you know, uh, put into messages on social media, emails that I get, um, conversations that I'm actually having with people in workshops. It makes itself apparent often. And it essentially comes from this place of, I am surrounded by people and too many of them look, live, and love just like I do, if not all of them. And I know that that is not going to lead to me doing anything differently, which means I'm not going to get a different outcome. And I don't want to keep doing the same thing, but I don't want to just insert brown person here or if we're talking about someone that is um a male or someone that's a man saying i'm just gonna stick a woman in here and it's all fine like it really is understanding that this is not about from a demographic standpoint let me just insert a few people that are different and it's all good it really is i want to do this differently and I just don't know how the hell to do it. I can't wrap my brain around it because it seems like such a huge thing. Right. And so I would say that for anybody who can relate to that first, I want to say it's great that your heart is in the first, in the right place to say that you want to do it authentically. Um, even though that word just for some reason, is just not our word. It makes me cringe a little bit, <laughs> but I, I get what you I mean. <laughs> right. And I think that this conversation is going to really kind of open you up to some actionable ways that you can start to to think about that and to do it. Um, And so one of the first things that comes to my mind is taking a look at what information you are consuming. um, And then not just the information itself, but like, where are you getting that information from? You know, what expert is saying this or, or not, but basically like, what information are you getting? And when I think about that, I think about like what news outlets do you consume? Um, When you're seeing what's trending on social media, who are you even following to see what their concerns are? You know, who are these people? 
um, when you are getting in information about what's happening in your local community, you know, who are you getting that information from? What humans are sharing with you? What websites are you looking at? What books are you reading? The interesting thing about that is I was having a conversation yesterday and it really did lay out the fact of the way that we take in uh, information and what we quantify as the accurate information that we're going to take as truth. It's shifted so much because before we had social media and for some people, even before they had, um, you know, television news, let alone an abundance of, of places to get it from. It really was, you know, your clergy, uh, the people in your neighborhood, the um, organizations that you were a part of, the school that your children went to, uh, where it is that you work, like these places that you frequented as a part of your uh, day-to-day life very often were where you got your frames of reference from. And so I think it's important to just kind of really think about what is your daily frame of reference And who, you know, in these areas, do you decide that what you're telling me is what I am going to take as truth? Right. And I think it's important to look at the truth of things, but also like, you know, I even think about um, not necessarily information, but... (laughs) In a way, if you really dig deeper into it, music is information. Like, what music are you listening to? Have you expanded what you're willing to listen to in the arts and in music and film and whatever else? Um, I think that all of these things come together to kind of formulate a more diverse worldview of what's happening and a more full picture of how people feel about it. Because you could literally ask one person about something, or you could consume something on one podcast about a topic. We've all done it. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts. And then you go listen to the same type of topic on a different podcast. And it has a different feel to it, or it covers a different aspect of it, or maybe they have an opposite opinion about it. So with that, I actually kind of wanted to go into another point, which is, you know, who it is that you consider to be an expert within a specific field topic or an area and the reason that that came up to came up for me as you were saying what you said was that for me I think there is a difference between truth and fact because I think I have a truth you have a truth like everyone has their truth this is what is you know my thing but I think there's a fact where fact is like this is data this is what happened. This does not have perspective on it. This does not have perception on it. This is simply, you know, very, and I hate to say black and white, but it's true. Very like, you know, this is a fact. This is what happened. And I think that with what you talked about, you know, when you talk about film and media and movies and things, there's, you know, perception in that. And so I think that you when you think about who's an expert somewhere, you really want to acknowledge like, okay, is there perception showing up here? Are we talking about truth? Are we talking about facts? Because I do think that that is going to influence the authenticity or lack thereof 
when you are looking at diversifying your network. And that's just my opinion. I know that might be a unpopular one, possibly, but that's my thought on that. <laughs> well, and I think that there's also an unpopular opinion, but I think that when we look at diversity, equity, inclusion, people forget the diversity in a sense of it being variety. It's not just about going out and finding a demographic to go listen to or to go mm-hmm. see as a new expert in a field um, or to consume their music and content and food and whatever, right? Culture, cultural pieces um, or to become friends with on a personal note. It's also about looking at the variety of the psychographic, their opinions, their values, and things like that. Because I do believe that there is immense value in surrounding yourself with people who have some different things that they're bringing to the table than you do. Or if you have two friends and, I don't know, uh, that work for the federal government, right? Then to be two very different friends with very different opinions about that, two different people in marketing, two different people in whatever industry that is that have different points of view about it can allow you to formulate your own because it's really challenging to live in a world and be innovative and to really begin to think outside of the box for yourself and find what is your actual truth that is not coming from society standards and biases if everything that you're consuming in a particular area of expertise or field or topic or hobby even is only coming from one person or one point of view, even if it's multiple people. So I can't help but to acknowledge that we started off talking about information and we acknowledge that you want to have awareness of the information that you're taking in, but from where and from whom. And, you know, we then kind of moved into, you know, if we're going to talk about experts and these differences of opinion, having variety there, but we went from information into talking about people. Yeah. Like I had, to, <laughs> I had to acknowledge that because I think that that's such an important piece of it because so often People want to do something differently and they're looking for a formula, a way to simply do A and B and I got to C. And being that we're talking about authentically diversifying your network and we started talking about information, but I just really need to acknowledge and call out the fact that we went back to the most important piece of this, which is people. Absolutely. I mean, I think that when people... Just a lot of what I've seen is that when people are deciding that they want to go on a journey of an uncharted area or an area that they feel like um, they're not as secure or confident in, they start to consume information first. Many people will start with the information. Uh, You don't have to. You can start with the people. (laughs) But I've just in witnessing much of our audience, I've noticed that they start with consuming information, whether it be podcasts, books, social media, you name it. And I think that when you can begin to shift what information you take in, then you can also begin to now look at, okay, I'm taking in this book or I'm taking in this podcast. Let me actually hold space for the humans behind it, right? Let me take a look at what their values are. What are their hobbies? What do they enjoy? Um, 
how do they express themselves? What activities do they take part in? What events do they go to? And I think that that can begin to help you see as you move from from that into what might you want to invite into your life with who you surround yourself with. This is the part that I think for some people feels like the most challenging part because I've heard people say things like, I don't, I don't know, you know, a lot of diverse people, or I don't have anyone diverse in my network. I don't know how to change this. Um, I've, kind of heard conversations where people are acknowledging that for others and you know when they're discussing where there isn't that diversity and like oh well th- you know they don't they don't know how or they don't know where to find these individuals and the reason why I think there's so much value in us talking about you know the people that are around you as the last kind of concept here is that you have had an opportunity to really challenge the way that you're processing information, what information you're choosing to process, who you are highlighting as a person that you want to take in their particular perceptions and, you know, the way that they're processing things and then really saying, all right, let's really dig into who the people are that are around you. Because now the hope is that it will feel less daunting or less like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall because I don't have any options. I don't know what to do here because now you've shifted some things and hopefully options are beginning to kind of show up around you if you're willing to pay attention to them. I was just going to say that, that I think it's about like when you shifted all those other things first, the information, what experts you're looking at and consuming content from, et cetera or even are on your radar, that can help you move through this mindset that I think some people have of like, I want to do things differently, but maybe you don't actually believe that people who are doing things differently actually exist or that they're not accessible to you. And so being able to literally like consume in such a way that the people you are taking in, even if you don't know them, are the kind of people you want to be around. It can help you get past that barrier to say, if they're there, there's got to be more people like this, right? And I think that that can also provide an immense amount of clarity about what specifically you want to call in more of and what you don't want to call in more of. What you said right there, that was huge because the opportunities being there and being able to acknowledge that they are And it's like, oh, okay. And this is a huge part of that concept that I talk about a lot of reconsidering your normal. Because you don't acknowledge certain things because you don't think that you have access to them. So it could be sitting right next to you. But you just were not open or available to receive that. And so being that you've made these other shifts, everything changes. Everything. Right. And I think sometimes it it comes out of like what you're focused on, you know, if you're so focused on like the change and like fear, then that fear can stop you from seeing the possibilities as well. I agree 100% because I think the fear, it stops you from seeing possibilities. It makes 
options, much less, you know, they don't even feel like that they're there, let alone something that you could do. And I think being able to take that fear out of it as much as possible, I think that it completely shifts the way that you process what you have access to. And again, you will really begin to observe what's happening around you. And you will notice things very, very differently. And you'll begin to kind of observe like, hey, I didn't even know that that was there. Wait, I didn't know that was there. So I, I mean, it's, it's like, what was those? Th- when I was a kid, we used to have like these Where's Waldo things. And it was like, there would be mm-hmm. stuff hidden in this picture. And until you took the time to really like start combing through all of the imagery, you wouldn't even recognize how much was staring right back at you on this page until you paused enough to see, let alone to actually acknowledge what you were looking for and that it's right in front of you. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that one of the most beautiful ways um, to begin to shift who you're surrounding yourself with is to take a look at the opportunities already in front of you. So as you're consuming content, you know, as you are uh, listening to podcasts with hosts that feel aligned for you, um, even if maybe two hosts that you listen to have different opinions, you'll know like in your body, you'll just be able to feel like, yes, I want more of this. Um, They're going to mention events that they're going to attend. They're going to mention things that they're hosting. Invest back into them. Um, Go to some of those events and see how it feels to be around more people who are attending these types of things and I'll say that with the caveat of making sure you're safe because who knows where this global pandemic stuff is going. So there's that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> some of these things are virtual, you know, so those opportunities are always there. And I'll also say that if you've been listening to this podcast beyond this episode, we share an opportunity with you every week to surround yourself with people that are putting their values and the causes they support in the forefront. It's literally attached to their profile in our community. I mean, it's the easiest way that I can think of to be able to meet new individuals to surround yourself with and to get some support, build new friendships, uh, learn about new experts, find new opportunities. There's opportunities shared in our community every day from Uh, job opportunities to public speaking engagement opportunities, you name it. And it's really a matter of just looking at what's probably already right in front of you. And as far as other opportunities, but I'm going to say we know for sure if you're listening here, (laughs) there's an opportunity shared every week. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm glad you said it because I was thinking it. I'm like, there is an opportunity to dig into this that we talk about all the time here and we are really not even talking about it from a point of like, Oh, come join our community. It really is about, Hey, some of these things that you know, you want to do some of these things that you're trying to do differently. I do have an option for you. I have an alternative to maybe what has not felt like it's worked. Well, let's try this. And so I think it's so important to acknowledge that the community 
has really been the option that for a lot of people has allowed them to not only, you know, maybe have success with the initial reason why they came in, but to have received wins in so many other areas simply because they allowed themselves to show up, be there, be in conversation, be in relationship, and to allow the work to kind of do what it does. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've talked about here on the podcast many times before that when you go on the journey of talking about your values publicly and really beginning to shift things, you will lose people. And I think that many people, um, you know, come to terms with that and are okay with it. But there comes a time where it's like, you don't want to be on this journey alone. So you need people you can add back in that feel great to take part, especially if you're someone who has a platform that you share, like a podcast, um, or you do Instagram live shares or whatever that is, or you hire speakers to come and do trainings in your space. You absolutely need to surround yourself, maybe even more so than everyone else with some new faces that are completely aligned that you can begin to shift who was already contributing to your platforms in that way. But dare I say that it's just like, there's been so many wins I've seen in our community from people doing that and showing up in each other's podcasts. And they've been some of the best episodes they've had with other community members as guests, bringing things out of them that they've never shared before or that you would have never guessed was a part of their life or their lived experience or their business practice. And also, I think that when you get outside of the workplace of job opportunities or networking for a business you own and start to look at life as a human, we all benefit from having more people around us that truly want to see us win and are willing to help us get there. Well, I feel like that's a mic drop moment on all of those things because yes, so I'm not even going to add anything to that other than if you are ready to be a part of an environment very similar to what we talked about, which is pause on a play the community, come on over to pause on a forward slash community and you can join today. So do you want to leave everyone with anything or like I said, I feel like you gave them a mic drop. So. <laughs> I gave you a mic drop and at this point like it's an online community so you don't even have to worry about what germs they have because they're in their own home and they're communicating with you facts you don't even have to have a mask on look at that right <laughs> I'm gonna say that that in itself is a win so yes it always works it's always safe the community is in your pocket right <laughs> So as we talked about being able to have real conversations, how the shifts that we take to normalize the challenging things and how we're doing this in community, being in conversation, how these are all key parts of how we cross lines and recreate boundaries so that we can support and not separate together. As we each and every day continue getting more people to drop the veil, while challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions, I want to remind you, thank you for being here. So, until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From Implicit to Explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?